And welcome to the Cricket Podcast with me, Jack Hope, Ross Leg. How are you doing, Ross? Marvellous, thank you, mate. How are you? Yeah, I am swell. Uh, and Max Rowe Brown, you're also here, Max. How are you doing? I am the uh, more traditionally well. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, I wonder where swell comes from. It's an Americanism, isn't it? Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, why, why, why don't we do a deep dive on it at the start of the podcast? <laughs> uh, this week on the Cricket Podcast, we will be previewing a big one. India v England starts later this week. It's a four-match test series and we're bringing you team news, talking points and predictions. Um, fellas, right off the bat, how excited are you about England touring India? I, I am very excited, especially after the uh, the India tour in Australia, which was oh, it was just brilliant, wasn't it? It was uh, it was top top Test cricket, all the drama you could ask for, um, and England have sort of whetted our appetite a little bit by going to Sri Lanka and and playing there. But uh, we haven't, you know, only a couple of Tests. We haven't seen the full force of everything. Uh, Archer and Stokes back. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good one, I think. Very well put, Max. Very well put. Yes, big boy cricket. Um, before we get into that, though, uh, it's our traditional first question of the day. Um, today in England is transfer deadline day, um, which is an event that, that cricket does. There's not really an, an equivalent in cricket, is there? Uh, and, and I think the sport is poorer for that. So I suppose the auction is about as close as you could get. Yeah, isn't it? I don't think it's as good as transfer deadline day. Can, can we make can we make it clear that it's a football transfer deadline day, not just a general transfer today? Well, are there other tri- types of transfer? Quite what, hotel yeah. transfers, bank anyway, transfers. <laughs> 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 yes, the answer is yes. <laughs> anyway, to, to to the question. Um, so so cricket doesn't have a transfer deadline day. It has draft days and auction days, but they're not as good. We're all agreed on that. Um, <laughs> Football's transfer day deadline day is better than banking transfer deadline day. I think we agreed on that too. But my question is, if we imagine that cricket does have a transfer deadline day, and Max, uh, you've just been handed the reins of a big cricket franchise, on deadline day, which is today, which player, dead or alive, would you most like to sign? Well... Whether uh, whether most like to is the uh, correct way of putting it, but I'm thinking sort of with my uh, with my hat on as a football fan and a Chelsea fan, and um, their recent penchant, should we say, for uh, signing top talent, top young talent that has uh, from Germany thus far flattered to deceive. Um, I think the most likely th- person I would end up signing would be Simon Kerrigan. Oh, so uh, you know, I mean, that's interesting. It, I mean, we all remember Simon Kerrigan his... is now twenty nine. I don't yeah, know if he falls we all remember into top his... young talent. <laughs> he was young talent once upon a time, and we all remember his ill fated foray into the uh, the Test cricket arena uh, before he was promptly dismembered by a number of Aussies. So maybe not who I would want to, but who I would probably end up signing. I'm going to throw it out there, Ross. So you can choose to agree with me or not. That Max might not last very long as a franchise manager. I think the Max Rowe Browners are probably the worst franchise in history by uh, by that transfer. Uh, that, that the transfer Cleveland Max Rowe Browners. <laughs> um, I'm going to give that answer uh, 
a six out of ten. It's it's got an old reference. Um, it was delivered with some panache. Uh, however, I I don't think I would be opening my checkbook were I the franchise <laughs> owner. Lacking uh, substance. To, to complete that deal. <laughs> I, I think I would be making up rumours about fax machines not working and and uh, so on to, to yeah, get that one. What Max, has done, what Max has done there is, is he's taken Transfer Deadline Day and embodied Harry Redknapp. And what he's done is gone, <laughs> oh, what, what is the bottom of the barrel? Who's on the free transfer list that I need to get in? You've just done an equivalent of Spurs in, what, 2013 when we got Louis Saha in on, on Deadline Day. So well done, Max. Ridderman Saha, that's who you should have gone with. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ross, same question for you. You're in charge of the Ross Leggers. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm thinking more blockbuster, and uh, I'm not transfer deadline day or not. I think the last minute, a uh, this person's put himself in the in the ring, and uh, he's not only a batsman, he's not only a bowler. He is kind of he is, he he was cricket during for pretty much about ten years, fifteen years. Um, I'd go with Viv Richards over Simon Kerrigan. That's a very good answer. It's also my answer. Oh, is uh, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I had a whole scoring system. Oh, okay, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, I'll change mine. I'll change mine. <laughs> no, no, I'll change mine. <laughs> well, this is the beauty of transfer deadline day, isn't it? Yeah. When two people want the same player, the price just goes up, up and up. Yeah, yeah. Do you reckon Viv Richards would drive to one of our houses, wait outside, see if he can get the deal done at the last second? Yeah, pure Peter Odenwingy. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Probably not. Um, oh, Ross, talk, talk me through why you've gone with um, Viv Richards. Well, kind of, if you're a franchise owner, I think there's a bit, there's a big bit around. You've got to get people in the door, right? There is nobody going to the Oval to watch Max Rowe Browners and see Simon Kerrigan. No one's bought a ticket to see Simon Kerrigan, um, as much as he might be a lovely bloke. Viv Richards sells out a stadium instantly. If he's swaggering into your franchise, you not only have a match winner, you've got sponsorship and you've got a big name so it's, it's a no-brainer you'll be laughing on the other side of your face when the the Ross Leggers come to the uh, Max Road Bowl and Viv Richards is done first ball by Simon <laughs> Kerrigan's new <laughs> Doosra that he's been developing <laughs> behind the um, scenes I, I, off the top of my head then because um, I was going to go with Viv Richards and I was going to score him based on the Robot Wars criteria style control damage and aggression um, I oh, think you can, nice. can you'd all agree that he'd score very highly in each of those categories yeah um, I'd go I think transfer deadline day is all about um, making a statement um, and a statement which quite often turns out to be flawed. Um, so I would be recruiting Kevin Peterson. I'd I would arrogantly assume that I was going to be the one who'd be able to control the Peterson ego, mm-hmm. uh, bring him in. He'd perform amazingly for probably about six months, uh, I reckon, and then it would get to the summer. He'd want a better contract. There'd be a blow up. Uh, it would all go wrong. But um, I, I think I'd have a good back half of the season if I did recruit um, Peterson to the Jack Hopers. anyway yeah Uh, let us know who you would um, pick up on our imaginary uh, transfer deadline day yeah because Uh, uh, you you do have the whole spectrum of cricketers to choose from don't you you have Simon Kerrigan on this side and Viv Richards and Kevin Pitts on the other side really the answers we're looking for are ones that tell a story about what what that statement means to your (laughs) franchise or what that that players signing that players would mean in terms of a statement for your your franchise how you'd procure them what you'd be hoping to achieve through um, acquiring the services of that player what what hole do they plug um how how can people uh, get in touch with us, Ross? Uh, on Twitter and Instagram, at The Cricket Pod. You should follow us. Um, you'll be able to interact with us and leave us reviews, etc. Um, you should also subscribe 
on all podcast platforms that you listen to us on. So whether that's iTunes, Spotify, Acast, follow us and subscribe and leave a review. And Max, what did you do last week? Uh, well, I made I made a video, didn't I? Yes, last week. Yeah. So you want to tell uh, people where can, to find the video? You can now find us uh, and our podcast on YouTube, not just with a lovely blue badge with some squiggly lines on it, <laughs> but you can see all of our lovely faces and our live reactions to the nonsense that each other have uh, <laughs> spouted throughout the course of an hour and a half. So uh, yeah, do check it out and like and subscribe. Yeah, you can have a look at Max's guitar in the background and his um, yeah fox blinds. Um, the guitar. Yeah. Yeah, which if you, which if you're listening on the podcast, you could just begin to imagine, can't you? Yeah, if you're, <laughs> I, I'm assuming YouTube. that if you're listening on the podcast, you heard us starting to talk about YouTube and you just skipped ahead. That's <laughs> but mainly when we start talking about something boring, people just start. You can <laughs> you can see there's um. Anyway, uh, we will be back after a short break, as I imagine seventy percent of our listeners will too. Six for nine, a Yeah, so what we'll do with this bit is we'll start by going over the England team, looking at their team news and the squad, then we'll move on to India, and then we will end it all by looking at sort of the wider talking points around the series, what we expect to see, and obviously, as always, we'll put our necks on the line and make a few uh, incorrect predictions. Hey, 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 we've got the Sri Lanka one, right? <laughs> we did, that was a, a sweep on the Sri Lanka Wouldn't be, series. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't, be, uh, wouldn't really be worth continuing the podcast if we'd got that wrong, would we? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so England, anyway. Uh, they have arrived in India, and they're in Chennai now uh, for the first test, where the squad has all tested negative for COVID-19, Woo-hoo! so they can leave quarantine and start training. So that's, that's good. That's uh, one step up from the start to the Sri Lanka tour. Uh, obviously, we all know what happened there with Moeen Ali testing positive and Chris Wokes being in isolation. So... Um, Good, good start. Happy with that. Obviously, six days of quarantine is not ideal preparation for uh, for a test series, but the Sri Lanka tests are there under the England team's belt, so hopefully it won't be too much of a problem. So obviously, best place to start is the squads, right, if we're talking about the England team? Yes, please. So uh, a few changes from the Sri Lanka tour. Um, a big, a few big names coming back. Uh, Joffre Archer and Ben Stokes are, are here now having missed out the Sri Lanka tour, being rested. Um, we've also got Roy Burns returning after paternity leave. Uh, on the other side of things, Sam Curran and Mark Wood have been left out of the first two. They are being rested. And Johnny Bairstow is also left out for the squad for the first test, but he will be back in contention for the second um, as a res- basically a response to uh, a-, a virulent social media campaign by certain ex-England cricketers who were... Uh, uh, effing and blinding about why England have uh, have got rid of Bairstow for uh, the first couple of tests, and we'll uh, no doubt talk about that a bit. But that, that's that's so Johnny Bairstow. Yeah, that's so on brand. Yeah, well, I, 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 it's not it's not actually it's not actually him in this case. He's he's not he's not the one making the noise. It's uh, it's some you know your uh, your old favourites. I think Messrs Vaughan and Peterson were the two that were uh, most vocal about it. I don't really get. 
Yeah. How they can be like that. Because Johnny Bairstow wasn't even in the team in football before Sri Lanka. Anyway, finish yeah. talk, keep keep telling talking about this. Uh, we can we this isn't if we want to pull up Peterson and Vaughan for every mistake they make could be a long <laughs> few months. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Okay, well the first question I have for you is is you know it's it's on the same sort of thing. The uh, the other point uh, in terms of the squad is that Butler's going to play the first test and Folks will play the last three. So we've been told. So the first uh, question I have for you with about. 700 test matches going on this year for the England team. What do you make of this rotation policy? Is it is it the right thing to do? I think it is, Max. Yeah, I do. I think um, you've got to keep people fresh. What, do you say we've got 17 tests in the calendar oh, I was, year? I, I said 70. I was just being silly. Yeah, but well, there, there, there are a lot. We, we've had two already. We've got four against India. It's in 17. India. Yeah, it is another one seven. Yeah, one so seven. You, well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Happy you made the sort of mistake a three-year-old would make there. That's what Ross thought you'd done. I think I think it's the right thing. You can't sit there. I think within the bio bubbles, people are going to get annoyed. Um, I think some of the points that were made on social media and in the press was around, oh well, people are paying for the Sky subscription. They're paying for um, to watch England play, so you should be playing your best players. Um, I'm, if I'm perfectly honest, you want to. You're going to get 17 games worth of cricket. I think everyone needs to calm down a little bit and just let them get on with it. Yeah, I mean, ironically, for that argument, uh, this series won't be on Sky. It's actually going to be on terrestrial TV. So maybe it's actually uh, a kind of, this is what you, you get what you pay for situation for England, <laughs> England fans. No Johnny Bairstow for you. <laughs> yeah, I um, to be honest, I don't absolutely love it. Uh, I would like to see England play their best team in probably the toughest series they will play uh, away from home at, at the moment. Um, probably, well, I mean, and at home, just the toughest series they'll play in uh, would have sufficed to explain that. Um, I, you know, I, I get why they're doing it because it is a relentless schedule and it's likely there's going to be some kind of bubbling involved for, uh, well, I mean, they, they, at least until the end of the IPL, probably through into the English summer as well. Um, I I do wonder whether there was maybe an alternative schedule they could have put some of these players on. Mm. And Bairstow wouldn't be the one I, I'd care about. I don't think Bairstow's plus value is higher at all than mm. than whoever comes in for him. Uh, if Dan Lawrence plays instead or Folks plays instead as a batsman, I, I think probably England benefit from that, that as a player who who has a a better a higher ceiling will will we'll be playing in the test match. I think we all know what Johnny Bairstow can do and it's it's sort of all right, isn't it? Um I, I'm a bit more concerned probably about Butler going home. Um but yeah. Uh, that's the situation we're in, isn't it? <laughs> well, it's also they're, they're doing it as well. It's not just the test matches, right? It's for the white ball cricket. And actually, there's I think it's three ODIs that are played at the end of this, so as well as five T20 matches. I don't really get why we're worried about putting our full strength squad out for the ODIs. Nobody cares. We won the World Cup, the T20 World Cups this year. Why are we worrying? Yeah, I mean, it's got um, it's got mega mind Ed Smith's hands all <laughs> over it. This this move hasn't it? Um, and. Uh, 
I do wonder whether the priorities are slightly out of line. Mm. Uh, having said that, I think even England's best team probably gets smashed by India uh, <laughs> to, 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 to tip my prediction early. Um, so it, it, maybe they're just looking at... Do you remember like a few years ago, we, we talked about football in the intro, but we'll, we'll bring it back. A few years ago, um, uh, what's the name of the Irish football manager? Mick McCarthy. Mick McCarthy, yeah. Mick McCarthy played his B team against Manchester United. And everyone was like, oh, how can you do that? And Mick McCarthy was like, well, we're going to lose anyway. So why why would I waste my players' energy? Um, I wonder if maybe Ed Smith's thinking that. Oh, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Ed Smith was reading Mick McCarthy's biography, actually, <laughs> and going, oh, how to man-manage players. Let's let's just check out with a bit on Roy Keane at the 2002 World Cup. I'm looking forward to how he tries to integrate 4-4-2 into the England team setup. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, yeah, so that, that's what I think about the rotation policy. I, I give it a, a thumbs down. Yeah, well, I, mean, I so, I mean, from my point of view, I think you, what you can't forget is the whole bio-bubble fatigue thing. It's like, I I think uh, it's it should probably be uh, acknowledged, if not maybe not celebrated, but certainly acknowledged. Actually, that the England setup are thinking about the welfare of their players from a mental side of things, and that they are ensuring that they don't all spend extended periods of time in those bubbles in one go. I mean, when you think about you know to take the example of Besto, he played in the IPL, he played in the Sri Lanka games uh, in December. And, you know, he's been playing in Sri Lanka. So it, it's it's a lot of cricket. It's a lot of cricket locked up. Um, you know, we've seen from the Indian players in Australia that they didn't necessarily enjoy the experience a huge amount. So I, I think you do have to take that on board. Um, but I do also take the point that maybe some of the timings of it are a bit questionable. But that, I mean, having, having said that, like, you, you talk about uh, whether or not we've picked our strongest team. I mean, Stokes and Archer were rested for the first one and brought back for this. I think that's a fairly good indication that like we want to put our our best team out. And like you say, best though, going home, they're talking like the you know the comments tend to be he's a good player of spin. He played well in Sri Lanka, and um, and and that he sort of maybe modelled his technique a bit to try and not be bowled by every uh, straight ball he faces. But he was doing that against Asita Fernando on a dead pitch, not Jasper Brumra. So I don't think that there's a renaissance there that he is automatically in our strongest team so i mean that's yeah. that's where i stand particularly on the best argument as well <laughs> i mean i'm not going to argue anymore but no. I, I i think that the priorities are probably slightly wrong i mean i i think if even if you look from a strategic point of view um england's white ball team is is really good we we don't really there's not that you can do a little bit of rotation around that, I think, and they'll still be a highly competitive side, even away in India. I think England's very best test performances might cause a little bit of trouble to India. Um, and I think if you if you start taking your stars out of that lineup or fiddling around with it too much, uh, then you you start you undermine the whole mm. point of the tour. <laughs> but I mean, so, I mean, anyway. your point on that centres mainly around around Butler, right? You think that's the I think that's a, pro- a bit miss. of a problem. But I mean, even if they, yeah. even if they, if they genuinely think Bairstow is one of their best players, then they should be playing him. They shouldn't be resting him for, especially as he's one of the few people who have had uh, some warm up matches to, to probably do Sri Lanka a bit of a disservice. Mm. Anyway, well, I mean, what, what else, Max? We will, otherwise we'll just talk about this all forever, <laughs> and, and yeah. we'll basically be the talk sport uh, cricket podcast, which is not an angle we're not, going for. Not so. what we want to be. <laughs> Well, the other thing that people have mentioned is it's it's disrespectful to India that we're not taking it seriously. What do you what do you make of that? I think that's absolute horseshit. But 
No, I it, don't think it's got anything to do with it. India. Yeah. In, in, <laughs> India will not care one no. bit. I just, just yeah, just, I just, I just find the very, uh, the very concept that we're not taking it seriously absolutely laughable. Bearing in mind that we have brought Stokes and Archer back for it, and <laughs> I don't know if it's uh, you know people imprinting their own thoughts about the the importance of the series on on other people because I get no indication from the England setup that they're taking this any less than like one of the most important series in a long time. So um yeah, it's just coming from a bloke's ego who can't stand being out the limelight for about 2 seconds. So <laughs> let's let's not worry too much about what Michael Vaughan thinks, shall we? Yep. Fair enough. Um so I mean you mentioned you mentioned um Butler there, Jack, and and you think he would be in our strongest team. And and that sort of brings us to the other main bone of contention in the England squad, which is uh, the well the the treatment or the uh, the sort of yeah the uh, the selection of Ben Folks. So we said uh, he'll play the final three tests with Butler being rested. Um, I mean it's nice that he's getting another shot because he was fairly badly treated in the first place. But I think he um, he's recently spoken about his uh, feelings on the. Test series, and I I think they sort of give a bit of an indication of um, some of the the flawed thinking in the England team. So I mean, the long and short of what he said is that he felt really hard done by when he was dropped, and as a result of all of that, uh, doesn't think that a good exp- uh, performance for him will result in an extended stay in the side. Right? Do you, do you agree with that? Presum- presumably, if it's coming from the guy who's actually involved, it's probably fairly likely to be the case. I think. Um... I disagree. I think if he does score some runs, they will be forced to pick him, um, at least going into the New Zealand series. Uh, and I think probably what they'll do, though, is ditch Pope or Lawrence or Bairstow, whichever one of them takes that kind of extra batting spot um, and bring and Butler in, which is what some people have been saying anyway. How many runs is enough runs to force that change? That is, is a good question. Is the question, yeah. I think if he if he scored two centuries, I think he would be in the England team for the first test of the, in the summer. Um, any less than that, if bearing in mind he's only going to get six innings maximum, uh, I think they will find a reason to drop him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I, and I th- I think that's uh, well we've we've seen, haven't we, that that England sort of. Their their preference is definitely for a batsman that can keep rather than a, a genuine wicket keeper, and uh, we sort of we sort of saw, saw that with his good good showing in Sri Lanka, and then you know a sort of mediocre showing in the West Indies, and then uh, summarily being dropped. Which I seems... actually I actually hope he does really shit actually, so you don't start <laughs> fucking talking about him every single podcast, and then we can finally put it to bed. Well, that was that was a little aggressive, Ross. That was uh, that was nice. <laughs> I'll, I'll ask. I'll ask about it more. Then. So, what does it say about the England setup that um, that someone who's been picked basically ha- feels like he doesn't have a hope of playing even that's, that's in, inter- in the future, even if he does really well? I think that's just international sport. I, th- I think it's such a high, such a competitive environment. Look at the England ODI team. Look at Alex Hales. Look at Sam Billings. They are quality players who just don't get a shot. I mean, Sam Billings is finally getting a shot now. Um, but there's loads of people like that. And that is just the thing that you have 11 spots in a team. If you've got someone like Joss Butler who's ahead of you, sorry, mate, you're, you're going to be second fiddle. It's no, it's, there's no disgrace being England's mm. second best wicketkeeper, is there? <laughs> but is, is, does everyone get a fair crack, though? I mean, how many goes has Johnny Bairstow had? 
Life's not fair, is it? And especially when it comes to international sport. I, so I, I think there's a bit of a recency bias with Johnny Bairstow as well. Because Johnny Bairstow was actually quite good for until about 2017. He he did really well. And then he changed his game. And we've talked about this before to make himself mm-hmm. a bit better in white ball cricket. And it, that worked really well. Um, but it did mean that he became less effective in, in test matches. Uh, and now he's probably not really, or he shouldn't really be an automatic pick anymore. Um I, I, I think I've got some sympathy for us. I, I, I think folks is probably um, the folks argument was best two years ago when yeah. he had actually had been dropped reasonably unfairly for Butler, um, and then Butler was quite bad to be honest for about a year. Um, mm-hmm. However, uh, the last five or six Test matches, uh, what going back to the third Test this summer against West Indies, um, Butler has been really good uh, both with the gloves and with the bat um so i don't think the argument or or the the case for folks is as um is as strong as it as it may have been this time last year which is sad for him but <laughs> to ross's point it's international sport like yeah how you can't have two wicket keepers yeah no i i i think that's probably fair and butler yeah i mean we we can't discredit butler and how well he's played over the last year or so i mean especially Last year, he really kicked on and, well, hit him and Wokes in that game against Pakistan, pretty much uh, between them winning winning the game from a ridiculous position and um, and uh, looking fairly tidy with the gloves in Sri Lanka as well. So uh, I, I guess, from I mean, it's a it's an embarrassment of riches, isn't it, for England to have, have that many good players and it's a, it's a nice position to be in. Um, do, do you, sorry. No, I was going to say... Have you got um? What have you got? What was your predicted eleven max? And then we'll, well that we was, can start thinking about moving on to India. Yeah, that was that was the next final point that I I wanted to uh, go over. So for me, the who I think will play the first test. First test is probably easier because they've ruled out more players, but um, I think it's going to be Burns, Sibley, Crawley, Root, Stokes, Lawrence, Butler, Bess, Archer, Leach, and then. I'm going to say Anderson. I think the uh, for me the decisions to be made are Anderson, Anderson or Broad, and I guess maybe a Spinner. But I can't see Mo and Ali coming in cold. I think I think you are right. Um, I heard I did so I did actually listen to the Talksport podcast. Uh, this isn't for the first <laughs> test, but for the second one, uh, Darren Goff and Steve Harmison genuinely suggested that they England bring in Mo and Ali to bat number three and be the third spinner. <laughs> So we'll see is if it, that is it. Two thousand and fifteen. What's going not, on? Let's not get too into that. Um, that's just crazy people. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think I think your team's right, and I, I think the, the the points you bring up, whether it's Broad or Anderson um, or Bess or Moeen, are probably the two uh, contentious selections. I I would go with your 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 pick. So um, I think Ross. Um, do you think there's a possibility that they play both Anderson and Broad? Yes, I've got this kind of on some of the talking points a little bit later on, but I think England's search for taking 20 wickets in a test match, especially against this Indian batting lineup, is going to be quite difficult. And I wasn't convinced by Bess and Leach bowling together that they're going to be the ones who make that happen. Um, They obviously have Stokes to make up some of the numbers, um, but I think they might well be forced into playing both of them. Um, I know that Jofra... Uh, is, I think Joffre is going to have to play as well. He's got such an experience in the uh, Indian conditions. Um, it's just again difficult to fit them all in. If they had twelve max, it'd be five. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was, I was thinking about this mainly because of what uh, I think it was uh, Peterson said. You should 
along with playing uh, Bearstow, play Broad and Anderson because they're your best, mm. which we won't get into. But I think if you were going to do that, you could possibly do it if you... Um, but you'd have to drop Leach and bring in Moe Nally. Mm-hmm. And that is probably unfair. I mean, he didn't bowl that well in Sri Lanka, but we, you know, we've talked about the struggles he's had and he definitely looked like he was improving. I think, I think then Leech, you've got two I think Leech is ahead of best now. Yeah, I'm I'm talking about balance to the side and batting because you're bringing if you're bringing in another Broad and Anderson, then you you've got to balance it with some you've got to balance it with batting. I, mean, I suppose yeah. yeah. And, and I think then you're stuck with two off spinners and I don't know what the, exactly what the makeup of India's lineup is going to be, but I don't recall <laughs> there being a huge number of left-handers in there. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. I, Max, I think your 11 is probably accurate, and I, I expect that to be the team. Um, Ross, you've been Mr. India this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what have the Indians got for us? Are they so, going to mix it up? Well, they're also COVID-free, so that's uh, that's good news all round. They've started training already. Um, they're welcoming back um, Virat Kohli, Hardik Pandya, Isant Sharma to their squad. Um, and injuries that plagued their Australia tour have meant that um, Jadeja, Vahari, uh, Mohamed Shami and Yadav will all miss at least the first two games, um, which is a bonus for England. I think um, Jadeja is a massive loss and so is Shami. Um, not too worried that much about Fahari and Yadav, if I'm perfectly honest. Um, but I also think that the injuries and the lessons they'll learn from the Australia test will impact their selection. Um when it comes to opening up, you can't look past Rohit Sharma and Shubman Gill after that sensational kind of partnership they had, right? Gill, no, that'll, that'll be the definite, definite opening pair. Yeah, um, Pajara is a, is a no-brainer at three. I think he's going to torment England. You're talking about England's struggle to get uh, 20 wickets in a Test match in India. I think maybe struggle to get Pajara up twice in a Test match in India. Take it one step at a time. Virat Kohli is going to be taking back the captaincy and I mean he, he didn't hit a century in 2020 which I found relatively interesting but it was, guy, it was a tough year for centuries though wasn't it he had nine opportunities with Virat oh, Kohli I think, he's, uh, okay. I think he had a fair, fair crack but um, yeah it wasn't his best well, year he's rubbish now yeah, yeah Kohli on, on, <laughs> no the, on, the, on the scrap heap on no the scrap longer heap. top four <laughs> so, but uh, I think with Coley, it's going to be one of those people. He's he's unbelievably determined, and I think England are going to be in for a bit of uh, uh, a bit of reckoning on that front. Um, super captain or super standing captain Rahane will take up the fifth batting spot, and I think that kind of top five. There's no questions, there's no doubts there. Like Agarwal or KL Rahul isn't forcing their way into that lineup at the moment. Um, but six and below is where it's relatively interesting. So. There was talk this week that um, they could play Pant as a specialist batsman and have Ridderman Sahar at seven. Um, but I don't think they're actually going to do that. I think they'll play Pant at um, six and then they'll choose um, another spinner. So they typically... I mean, what's, what's their current record? Have they lost... They're unbeaten in India. In I think they've lost right? one of 30. They've lost once in nine years or something like that. Yeah. Last, um, last team to beat India in India was us. Yeah, so in, in a series, but in test matches. Oh, like in they test ha- matches. Yeah, they haven't actually lost a test, or they've lost one test in nine years. Yeah. I think um, when Steve O'Keefe uh, took loads of wickets, so that's <laughs> that's like pre pre Nathan Lyon, I guess. Yeah, he's he's, um, he's also one of the overseas players in Max's franchise. Um, 
Look, uh, he's done it. He's done it in India before. He knows the score. Right? <laughs> so uh, I think number seven is I think Washington Sundar actually has the kind of has the position at the moment. Um, they might take a bit of a rogue pick um, and pick Axar Patel because he's a kind of left arm spinner. Um, and I, but I don't think I can see them risking playing Hardik Pandya and Ishant Sharma together. And I think Ishant Sharma will take a, take one of the positions in the uh, bowling lineup. Um, eight is going to be King Ravi or King Ashwin. Um, Koldeep Yadav is another question here. So the guy could not be lower on confidence, I reckon. He had a torrid IPL. Um, he's been booted out of kind of the India side for a little while. Um, but because of the injury to Ravi Dejaja, um, he's got the opportunity here. Um, I'm not sure I'd give it to him, if I'm perfectly honest, because I genuinely think he's the weak link in their bowling lineup. Okay, um, so who are you picking then? We're, we're down uh, to so nine, yeah, so ten, uh, eleven. Yeah, so I think I think yeah, Sundar takes seven, Ashwin takes eight, Axel Patel takes nine, um, Bumrah, who's this is going to be his first Test match in India. Um, he's going to take ten, and then Ishant Sharma will get the nod over Mohammed Siraj, um, who is going to be one of the unfortunate ones of international cricket's uh, selection woes, um, being the leading wicket taker when they played against uh, Australia. So three spinners for you. Yeah, that's what they've used typically when they've, uh, they've won in India. So uh, I can't see them changing that formula. Oh, if it ain't broke. I I think I've got down a slightly different um, mm-hmm. bottom five. So I think, Max, unless you're going to go rogue here, top six is pretty nailed on, isn't it? Yeah, I have no, <laughs> no arguments there. Um, I think I think there's the possibility they go Hardik. But Ross, I think you're right. I think they'll they'll go with either Washington Sundar or Axel Patel. Um, I don't know if they'll stick with... Uh, Washington there mm-hmm. uh, as I think they kind of had to pick him accidentally in Australia because they couldn't bring in anyone else and he was just sort of around um, as a net bowler <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's slightly uh, limited to uh, to who you can pick when you're in a bio bubble in Australia yeah, yeah Yavi Shastri was going to pull his whites <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you're right yeah obviously Ashwin will be number eight I think they'll stick with man of the hour, though. I think Siraj will play. Uh, I think Bumrah and Nishant Sharma, I think they'll pick uh, three seamers. Um, at least that's... The, the, I mean, I guess the kind of reasoning for that, They the, the reports on the pitch are that it is a little bit green um, and it will be, uh, quote-unquote, English style. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it probably won't be anything like an English wicket, but like might be a little bit more seamer-friendly than... And served um, with chips. Yeah, <laughs> than, a, than an Indian one. So I, I think they might go with those um, those those three seamers. Um, either way, though, uh, if I think that's quite a long tail. Um, I think I don't think they can really pick a set of players that makes eight, nine, ten, and eleven pretty weak. Hmm. Um, so in in my version of events, uh, Siraj, Bumrah, and Sharma could all fill the eleven spot very comfortably. Um, yeah. Yeah, one of them's going to be batting at nine, which is they are, they are genuine tailenders. Yeah, and um, Ashwin. So Ashwin does have four test centuries, and he, and like as we saw at the SCG, is not a mug with the bat. But if you go back, if you look back cumulative average wise back to 2017, he only averages 17 with the bat in the last four years, and he and he's actually worse than that in the last two. Um, so you know, like bowling wise, they're all pretty good at bowling, aren't they? But <laughs> There's maybe a small weakness there, uh, clutching at straws from an English yeah. perspective. But um, yeah. So, so, what I, so what I find interesting about that, I, I, the reason I don't think they'll pick multiple seamers is that I think they'll give Ashwin the new ball. 
So I, th- I think actually that what they'll do is Ashwin has been bowling the new ball in T- uh, T20 cricket for ages anyway. Um, but I think the struggles that you've seen uh, Zach Crawley, um, Sibley, I mean, even Rory Burns against the man Roston Chase, um, I, I just think he's going to cause a bit of havoc up the top if I'm perfectly honest. And so that negates the need for having three seamers, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's. I, I think that would be a sensible move. I mean, when you when you think about who you're playing against, it might I mean it might not be what they would do in against a different team, but against England with the you know with, with uh, well a left hander to start with with Rory Burns and like you say against Roston Chase and uh, again I would also pick uh, Axel Patel just to have a left arm option against England's right handers mm. because you know what they do to us. So yeah. um, Do- I, Dom, Dom Sibley would be delighted when he sees Ishant Sharma coming into bowl opening the bowling. He'll then lose his off stump. He'll still be delighted that he didn't get out to a spinner. <laughs> I um, I see. I don't. I don't think that's Virat Kohli's style as a leader, and I don't think that's his been his style with the Indian cricket oh, team. Is, is Rahani now in charge? Behind no, he the is scenes. in charge, and I think like Kohli is still the big dog, <laughs> um, and I think Kohli will pick the best India team. I don't think he'll be worrying too much about Dom Sibley's batting splits when it comes to <laughs> verse pace versus spin. I think he'll want the best Indian team, and I think he likes Mohammed Siraj. He plays with him at RCB. Um, uh, I, I think that will will have an impact. I think they'll play Ishant Sharma because Ishant Sharma's been really good for like the last five years. And um, Bumrah is their best bowler. Um, so I, I I don't... I mean, the Bumrah's never played at home in a test match. So mm. there's maybe a question mark about can he do it on a hot day in Chennai? <laughs> <laughs> I, reckon, I reckon he probably can, yeah. He probably can. And I, I think probably that. Siraj can. And I think probably Sharma can as well. And I, I yeah. think... I think the risk that Kohli will see by playing three spinners is that they then have to play on a spinning deck. And you lose the toss, you're batting last, uh, Joe Root scores double hundred, and you lose that game. Um, and that is maybe one of the only ways that India can lose um, a test to, to England or, yeah. or, or get, end up in a, in a competitive series is if you bring the element of luck in. So you see it in England all the time. England... England juice the fuck out of their wickets and they use a ridiculous ball um, that makes batting virtually impossible for the first 25 overs uh, or the first 25 overs of a new ball in England. It's good but to watch it, though, isn't it? But, yeah, but what it also does exactly, Max, it makes it super unpredictable. So England think they're pulling a fast one on everyone uh, and, and Anderson and Broad are smashing all kinds of records for seamers. But but basically, it's a it's a total lottery whether your top four will make it through the first twenty five overs of an innings, and that, and that means you lose matches to teams like the West Indies, who England, to be honest, should be beating pretty comfortably at home. Mm-hmm. Um, it does mean that when India turn up with a better team or Australia turn up with a better team, because there's that random element, like the England will also hang in those series when when maybe if it was a little bit a little bit uh, hot, easier to bat, they wouldn't. Um, but I, I, I think I think India will will actually um, basically look to outplay England, and and the way to do that from Kohli's perspective, I think, will be to have three seamers. Anyway, any other Indian news? Uh, no, there's no, there's not. No. I just enjoyed the. Uh, I must have read the same article with you around uh, on Crick Info um, around the. Uh, 
the groundsman, who's actually not a groundsman at all, and he's a businessman. And he's, they've, done, they've done a classic kind of uh, English um, kind of government thing of being like, oh, you're on right business. Alan Sugar, why don't you become our director <laughs> over here? Um, so uh, he said, I've not uh, done an international test um, wicket before, but I know how to manage people. And I was like, that's exactly the management consultancy <laughs> kind of thing you want. It's going to be an absolute um, minefield, isn't yeah. it? Right, lads. Um, shall we take a quick break? We've uh, we've done team news pretty in depth there. Oh, we've been pretty in depth with our team news. Uh, we'll come back. We've got some predictions and um, some some battle battle areas. Battle. What are they called? Talking points. <laughs> we love hearing from our listeners, so please follow us at the Cricket Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Or if you have a great story like Scotty G did about the Hayden Way, Matthew Hayden's personal website, we want to hear about it. So from wherever you're from, send us in a great story and we'll read out on the show. Email us on thecricketpod at gmail.com. Thank you very much. Normally, we would do predictions at the end of this segment, um, but I think probably in the context of all of all of the talking points we're gonna we're gonna come to, um, it might be best if we lay our cards on the table and explain what we think is most likely to happen first, um, because I think. If we're honest, most of the talking points are about how one of the teams who we expect to get smashed might not get smashed. Um, yep. <laughs> so, uh, in terms of prediction streaks on the Cricket Podcast, we all got Sri Lanka v England dead right with a unanimous uh, set of 2-0 predictions. Uh, so we can pat ourselves on the back there, boys. Um, the series before that, though, Australia v India, uh, Max and I... Got the result completely wrong. Um, Max, I think you went for 3-0. I think I went for 4-0 to Australia. Um, Ross, you nailed it. 2-1 to India. So, uh, Ross Stradamus, you're up first um, to, to, to extend your streak. To go for the hat-trick, um, can you tell us who you think will win this series? And, and really quickly, why? And then we'll get into some talking points. Yep, so I think... Um, I think- I'm going to stick with it. It ain't broke, don't fix it. As Max, you said earlier, it's going to be 2-1 to India. I think we'll somehow manage to draw a game. And I actually think that there's a bit about England. I actually think there's a, um, I don't know, there's, there's a different element to them. When you, you looked in Sri Lanka, I kind of thought that they are, they genuinely have bowling plans that work against batsmen. Yes, Sri Lanka aren't the best team in the world, but you've seen it over the last kind of 12 to 18 months where England are trying to figure things out. And I think Joe Root has got his hand on it. He's also in some in perilous form. He's got what is his 100th test match coming up. Um, I think that he's probably going to be the run, leading run scorer again in this series, um, for England at least. Um, and I think we've got a chance at not disgracing ourselves. Oh, um, bold, Max. Uh, are you are you are you as bullish on England's chances as Ross? Nope. <laughs> um, but I do think uh, we might win a game. But uh, I I think it will be three one. I was thinking three nil, but then I thought I I just I can't see there being a draw. I don't know why. I just I just can't see the team, uh, you know, putting in like a rear guard action. Well, I can't see England putting in a rearguard action. I can see India doing it. So maybe that's how they'd be a draw. But I think there are enough stars in that England team that something could happen. Like you say, Root could score another double ton. You've got Stokes in there who might, you know, get, get three quick ones in the middle middle order and then arch them up up the tail. And there, there could be one of those sort of weird swings that you see, like with the uh, India being bowled out for very very few runs against Australia that could result in England winning a game but I think over the course of four tests I I just I 
I would really like to believe that we could do something, but I, I don't see it. Yeah, I think the smart money is definitely on three or four nil to India. Um, uh, right, like like you, Ross. A lot of our followers uh, at the Cricket Pod um, did do think that England would win a test. I'm not really sure why. None of them could explain why. Um, pot luck seems to be your answer, Ross. And and Max, similarly, you seem to think we might fluke a draw somehow. Um, well, no, not it's not pot luck, is it? When you're you've when you've got some of the best players in the world, if a few of them come off at the same time. You're always in with a shout of winning a game. I, yeah, we're, I think we're talking golf, standard deviations. I think the golf in India will be too too significant. Um, I, I don't think we have some of the best players in the world in India, basically. Um, yeah, so I, there's, I, also, there's, gonna... also, there's also a bit, Jack. I think um, when we when we last won there, Alistair Cook opened up and scored a boatload of runs. There is, yeah. I, I'll, I'll be surprised if Sibley, Burns, and Crawley score 500 runs between them in the whole series. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, there you are. And I also don't think England have really got the weaponry to take 20 wickets. Um, they, I think they might not do that once in the, no, in the four matches. So I'm, I'm going to be... Um, that is very down. So you're, you've got to go 4-0 I've got to that. go 4-0, haven't yeah. I? Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, just, just, just to give a bit of context, Jack, um, do, do you know the last time England played in Chennai, what the score was? 8-0. <laughs> it wasn't. For, it, it, uh, India hit their record score against England, scoring seven hundred and fifty-nine for seven. Is this um, when that guy N- Nair yeah, scored Car- a triple Karen century? Nair. Karen yeah, Nair. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, not great, is it? I mean, the prognosis, obviously, from an English perspective, is is poor. Uh, and the three experts have not given them long to live. Um, I, I don't think. Anyway, um, I I've been looking at some. Some areas where England maybe could so, look. It's it's international sport. Uh, these players, Max, your your argument's sort of right. There are there are there are some really high quality cricketers in the England team, uh, and you never know. Like it could be uh, a, a career for matches for Joe Root. He could he could hit another couple of double centuries, and and that really would give England a chance. Um, I don't think that will happen. Um, obviously, I think England are going to get pumped. Um, but if Max, if if England were to pull off a miracle like what one area do you think they uh would need to be good in i think it's gonna so i think it has to be spin bowling because that's where the level is i would maybe lowest uh, that's where our level is lowest and where oh. you get the most gain out of them playing you know out of their skin you've gone but for a at the same argument. time i don't i've not seen the evidence that they might be able to do that uh yeah. and uh and you know where so um, we would be relying on on really some colossal colossal batting performances, but I think spins where there's the most to be gained. That's an interesting that's... answer from from Max. He he says that England will need to bowl really <laughs> well. Spin bowlers won't need to bowl really well, but their batters are the most important thing. I don't know if that if that was one area, Max. I'm going to poor answer, Ross. One area from you. Uh, it's an interesting thing. So the more I watch Test cricket now, the the over I'm, then the, I might not could be completely wrong here. But in terms of the way in which I see England playing, they they're looking to bat time at the moment. They when Chris Silverwood has come in, they have said right, we need to make sure that we are taking this to the final day and trying to bat the opposition out of the game. If we open up and scoring over 400 runs is essential in the first innings. If we don't do that across the board, like um, Australia didn't uh, against uh, India, we're, we're screwed. So it's, um, yeah, first innings batting time. Yeah. Um, 
I think uh, that's going to be a nice segue. I think Ross. Um, so if, I mean, there's, there's a phrase, isn't there? Uh, that if you if you don't learn from history, you're doomed to repeat it. Um, I don't know to, if we if we just want to discuss that phrase for a second. I'm not sure that's true. I think people who learn from history usually learn that they hate someone, and um, and that leads to bad things. Uh, <laughs> and quite often, history literally repeating itself. Um, so we might be better if there was no history, but. <laughs> For the sake of a cricket podcast, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna move on past that um, diversion, and we're gonna look at how how England could win based on history. Well, in terms of teams playing in England or in India, we've already we've already sort of said there there aren't any <laughs> modern examples <laughs> of teams going there and doing well. I mean, like when when England went there and won uh, in twenty twelve. Um, England had a completely different team, and India had a completely different team. I don't. I think. Um, I think Pajara might have played in a few of the tests or something like that. There's like one crossover uh, player, so we can't really learn from that. Um, I think what maybe we can learn from though is how India won in Australia. So I, I don't think you can you can build. Uh, you can't model that exactly for England, but there are some things that you can back up with data, and you can say England will need to do this uh, if they're, if they're going to beat um, India, and, and specifically they're going to need to do better than Australia in a few areas. So um, Australia winning Test matches, yeah, that's that is that's the main area they need to do better in. <laughs> <laughs> End of podcast. Yeah. Um, so Australia did really badly in a, in, a, in, a, in these areas. Their openers were really crap. Um, yep. And England were well placed openers. to uh, overcome that. We'll get into that in a second. Um, India's paces were more accurate in that in that Australia India series. Um, ball ball tracking data backs it up. They were just bold in the right area uh, more often. Um, Lion was completely out bowled uh, by Ashwin and Jadeja, uh, and India were a bit luckier. Um, and that because we got a flack for that. I've actually looked this up, and we last remember last week we talked about false shot percentage, um, yeah. and how that kind of shows who's been lucky or not. India's false shot percentage in Australia was higher than Australia's, but they averaged more with the bat. So um, something is wrong there. They they got a little bit lucky. Um, they're, t- they're Tim Payne wicketkeeping. That's the issue. So I think the fundamental question then, if we break that all down into smaller areas, can England do better Australia than Australia in any of those areas. Um, start with batting, Max. Can they outbat the Australians and and ultimately the Indians? Uh, I Australia had Smith and Labuschagne, and I think they were the two batsmen in the uh, Australian batting lineup. Like that, that's it, isn't it? Like that's all. That, like Payne scored like a one fifty, and and they were reliant on those two. And I think we're going to be in a similar position. So it's a case of whether the um, whether the people like Burns and Sibley and Crawley can step up and do better than the Australians. And I would say the answer is yes. I think they can because I think. Well, I mean, you know, David Warner was on one leg. Uh, yes. They they tried to use Marcus Harris at one point. Uh, I th- they did I think use him. They got on the pitch. Yeah, they tried to use him. They tried to use him, and and yeah, he did what he's done for the last uh, few years. So I, I think I think the the England players do have it in them. Those players, uh, the non-star players, if you if you want to put a label on it or something like that, they have it in them to do a better job than Australians. I would say. Yeah, I mean, I I think that the problem for them uh, to answer my own question to some extent is that the 
the Indian players are likely to be a lot better than they were in Australia. So India, India, that's that's true. Batted pretty well in all the tests in um, Australia, apart from the time they bowled out for thirty six. Um, in 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 India though, those that those sort of pretty good players become like gods. Um, so Pajara, for instance, uh, averages sixty at home, uh, has a much higher strike rate as well. Uh, that's pretty good. Kohli. Uh, averages 68 at home with a strike rate of 60. And the biggest home bully of all, uh, Rohit Sharma, averages 88. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I don't... I mean, so we can we can outdo the Australian batsman, but we cannot do outdo the Indian batsman. So, yeah, I mean, I think this is probably the one area where I think um, England have got no real chance of competing over the series. And I, I think to win a single test match would need something quite miraculous to happen, such as the, the difference in um, ability in these conditions. Uh, Ross, anything to add on England's batting? No, I, I'm genuinely just not convinced by Sidney Burns <laughs> and Crawley at the top. I mean, uh, Crawley, like you said it uh, you said it on one of the podcasts uh, not too long ago, but Zach Crawley needs to be really careful of not getting the moniker of Rob Key 2.0. Like, this, is, is a, this is a big series for him, I think. Um, I mean, on his, what he's got on his side is if that does become the case, he's got a very fruitful career in media to follow. That, that is true. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. does. Yeah, um, I, I, I mean, I think England's problem with the, in terms of batting. Just to, to add one further point, and then uh, we'll chalk the victory up to India. I think in this area, um, I think India's attitude towards spin bowling. So I think they've got quite they've got a lot better when it comes to facing pace bowling. But when a spinner comes on, their attitude seems to be, and you hear people saying this all the time, like. Uh, you expect a ball to have your name on it, so you just try and score. And I think that's sort of the wrong attitude to to treat all spinners with. Like if you treat, especially not very good ones. Yeah, if you if you treat the ball as just that isolated delivery, I think that's probably the best way to play in general. Unless you're playing against like Shane Warne or some kind of super genius, um, play the ball and don't get in your head that. Um, you're, you're going to be out in a minute anyway, so you might as well make hay. Uh, I, 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 don't, I don't see the Indian batting lineup doing that. That's, that's the thing. But like Pajara, Kohli... No, no, exactly. Yeah. yeah, they're great players of spin. And I think in India, the pitches are a little bit slower. Uh, Don Bess gets a bit of benefit when he plays in England because it kind of skids on. His wicket-taking ball is the arm ball. Um, or the one that finds the outside edge with the ball going on. I just think there's, they've got too much time and too much talent where they can just rock back on the back foot and just nudge it around. Right, yeah. So that brings us on. So I think we're going to say that India's in the in, in the the big battle area, and I think this is usually the the area where series are won or lost in India really batting. Um, whilst England might be able to outperform the Australians, um, they're not going to outperform India in India, uh, which is yeah. a problem. Uh, second <laughs> s- second area, um, Ross, you just sort of touched on it there, and this is one that Max you highlighted uh, five minutes ago. Um, what can England spinners do to be competitive? So Lyon was rubbish, uh, or, or was played really well, depending on which way you look at it, um, against India in Australia. Um, what What is it that, that Bess and Leach and maybe Moen Ali can do to not do a Gary Lyon? Well, they need to bowl <laughs> in the right bowl. area six times in a row. And that is possibly one of the main issues that we saw in Sri Lanka and also with Nathan Lyon, who has not been performing that well recently. I mean, they they played him well and you are likely to get good players of spin from, um, you know, Indian batsmen because it's something that you grew up a lot with and you don't grow up so much with in 
in England and, and Australia and places like that. So they've, I mean, you would expect that you'd expect uh, some sort of competence in that department. Uh, but I just, you need to at least, if it's going to turn, you need to give it a chance to, to do something and get the wicket. And if you're bowling full toss every over, it just means, it just takes the pressure off. It means you can knock it around. And it's just the lengths. It's it's just getting your length right because I think that's where we saw the problem so much with uh, with Bess and, and Leach in Sri Lanka is that it was just too easy to turn turn the strike around. And that's why, that's when the spinners don't get into their rhythm. And that is how you get on top of batsmen get you know you need to pin them back and get it in in the right area and sort of try and get that mental edge over them and if you don't you know and, that, and that's where you know one will turn a bit more than the other or one will spit and that's where you get the wicket but in uh, in in the cases we've seen so far I, I don't don't back the England spinners to to hold that consistency Ross have you got any um <laughs> anything positive to say <laughs> I think they've got to give they've got to give Joe Root the opportunity to set a field to them. They can't they, they need to be either take away scoring on the offside or take away scoring on the leg side. They can't be going all over the park. They need to be able to go right. I'm going to bowl to this plan. I'm going to be able to set a field and have a bit of control. If the spinners can't put any control over there, they Joe Root will be forced to bowl Joffre into the ground as we we've seen him do before. Um, it will bowl Stokes into the ground, which will inevitably lead to an injury. Um, and it, and I think. Our, our main bit is how we manage Broad and Anderson. I think it's going to be, it's a real tough one, <laughs> unfortunately for England. And um, I do not envy Don Besk or Jack Leach going to bowl against these guys. Yeah, I mean, modern English spinners as well, they're always going to be um, compared to, well, especially in India, compared to Swan and Panasar. Um, and, and, there, yeah. I mean, basically, last time England won in India, they had their two best spinners of the last forty years, um, both playing yeah. at the same time, and both probably near their best. Yeah. Uh, that. I mean, these two aren't. I don't think they're as rubbish as Max seems to think they are, <laughs> but I also don't think they're they're quite um, Panasar. I've I've not Swan. I've not seen the evidence to suggest that. Uh, that they can keep the control well, for an entire over. I mean, There's Max, always one that's too short and allows the batsman to rock back, and then you can just nudge it anywhere. on. It doesn't matter what field you set, yeah. there'll be well, a gap. Like if you look at the raw numbers for both those bowlers, um, they're not quite as desperately shit as you are saying. I think you're you're deceived a little bit by the eye test. Um, I think that's probably probably true, yeah. But also the the stats are slightly deceived by the the some of the wickets that they got in the yeah last sure. Series. I mean, but like what, what's uh, so Leach will have played ten to th- I think maybe thirteen test matches now, and he averages thirty point five um, with the ball, which is all right. I mean that's better than Nathan Lyon, um, and Nathan Lyon is as we know the greatest finger spinner of all time. So <laughs> ergo. Jack Leach is actually the greatest finger spinner of all time. <laughs> um, anyway, I think this is probably I mean, it's a bit of a brutal place to play in India as a spinner, um, because of who you're compared to as well. Uh, just mm. to just to finish off on spin before we say that India spinners are definitely better. Uh, Ashwin, I, I think this is probably like a mark of um, how great a bowler Ashwin is, or like one of the things that explains um, Ashwin. Um, not only is he obviously a technically better bowler who is clearly committed to improving. Uh, did you hear what he was doing in Australia uh, in quarantine? Writing his nope. memoir. 
though he was not writing his memoir, he was watching eight hours of tape a day of the Australian batters to work out where he was going to bowl. Just sitting in his, in his hotel room. Which, that's I, mental. I can't see Don Best doing that. I just... No. Yeah. No, he's, I think he's, he's, on, he's on call of duty, isn't he? He's Jack on call Leach of duty. Jack Leach was bowling into the... There are some margins. Jack Leach Ross, was bowling in the mirror. That's Ross, to go doing. back to one of the sort of accidental themes you've introduced for this podcast, like what does it take, what does it mean to succeed at, at the international level? Mm. Well, in a scenario where you're not brilliant, you might not be rubbish, but you're not brilliant. Maybe you're on the average bowler. Maybe watching a bit of tape um, or doing something like that uh, or, or learning a new skill. Maybe learning a leg spinner. Um, would be something that can take that at thir- at average of 35, which I think Don Bess is sort of walking around with at the moment, and cut it down to 30. And then you're actually you're, you're a, a competitive challenger spinner. Um, and I think, I mean, like, I'm really looking forward to watching Ashwin bowl. I think I think Ashwin's always top top value. But um, he's that, clever as well. That's the thing with well, Ashwin. It's as, much, it's as much how he uses his brain to get people out. And that's what you say about yeah. watching the videos. That's... Well, it's that kind of commitment that, that makes him on the field so compelling to watch because he's got a plan and and you are watching somebody who knows exactly what they want to do and has the skills to do exactly what they want to do, figure out someone. Um, mm-hmm. And that is fun. And I, I, I don't think the English spinners um, have that process. Um, anyway... Um, we is, that, is that to do with sorry, like one one last thing like just on that point is that to do as much with the importance that's placed on spin in india compared to to england because like you, you know you're growing up as a spinner and and perhaps your role is not a frontline wicket taker and you're not thinking i'm looking at the best way to get every batsman out i bowl at i'm looking at the best way to do the job for my side which tends to be keep the economy rate down in I those think it, middle it, overs. It, it might be partly that. I think it's probably as well uh, some stuff around, uh, or a little bit to do with competition. Um, there are more spinners in India. Um, that yeah. I mean, anyone who's watched the IPL, I'm not just making this up. Uh, <laughs> each each Indian IPL team will have two spinners, uh, two Indian spinners who would probably play international cricket for most <laughs> most nations in the world. And that's not, I mean, I, I, that might be a slight exaggeration, but but they are, it's not too far away from the truth. And so to separate yourself from that pack and to play 100 test matches for India and to become one of their all-time great bowlers, you have to, you have to Go execute that extra mile. your yeah. skills to a higher level and you have to have other tricks. Um, really, I mean, it, the, the, in England, England basically picked Don Best because his action looks a bit like uh, Graham Swans, and he can bat. Uh, probably his batting was the main thing they looked, or, or main decision, or the main reason he's played the number of tests he has. Um, and I don't think, I, uh, and that that obviously creates a bunch of different incentives for an English spinner. Um, so, like, would it stun me if someone told me, or if if I told you that, that maybe Jack Leach has been spending half his time practicing his batting in, in trying to get improve his batting? Um, prioritising that over his bowling. If 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 that were the case, would you be shocked by that? Absolutely not. No. No, and that's it's because such an English thing. To yeah, think about, that's such it? an English thing to do is to have. Remember to, when Stuart Broad was going to be an all rounder? Well, yeah, but it also it makes sense to an extent in England because if you're going to pick a spinner, sometimes it's a bit of an insurance policy in England. Yeah. Really, it's 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 like a so, bowl a few overs when the ball's not doing anything, and if it really breaks up on in the fourth innings or third or fourth innings, then maybe you'll you'll get some long spells. Um, but, but you're kind of just a passenger, so you do like the the, the temptation is to hedge your bets and pick the best batsman. Um, and I think that's 
that's what England have done. But that also means that that spinner then doesn't... What they're being told is that you need to be able to bat. They're not being told, here, work on your leg spinner or yeah, work on, do, do some tape. Yeah. Like, so, well, that's so, how we ended up with Moeen Ali thinking that he's not a frontline spinner when he, <laughs> he is. Yes. Well, well, does, does this also come back to the kind of game situation they play in? So I will not be surprised if Jack Leach is kind of bowling around the wicket um, into the rough on the, the kind of Ashley Giles style for England on this tour. I reckon that would be part of his role to have a bit of control and actually some of the wicket-taking deliveries where you can kind of get round the bat. You don't do that at any other place than Taunton. Unfortunately, Bess and Leach have both bowled at Taunton their whole careers so far. So it, it, we, we might be proved wrong here. We might be... Bess and Leach might have an absolute field day in India. Well, yeah, it's just about this, confidence. This isn't to say... I don't know, what I'm saying, what I'm trying to explain is it's not that... Leach and Bess are necessarily bad spinners. It's that the the things they're being asked to prioritise probably are not taking twenty wickets in India. Which yeah. and now we're here and we're going, oh well our spinners can't do it. And it's like, well it's because you're trying to make them batters. Like it's yeah. they're great fielders. <laughs> yeah. You're you're literally picking you picked one over the other all summer because he's a better batsman. Like what's yeah. what kind of signal are you sending there? Um so yeah, I, I think that's one of the great things about cricket in general, really, just how 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 different the game can be from one place to another. Sure. Um there's a couple of others. So we went we went through Australia's weaknesses. Pacers was another one. Um I, I think this is probably the only area where you can realistically expect England to compete or maybe win. Uh, over over the series, uh, is that fair to say? I think, I think India have come on uh, leaps and bounds in in their bowling department when it comes to paces. They they literally said if we're going to win series uh, away from home, we need to develop. Fortunately, they had Bumrah who turned up out of nowhere <laughs> with with uh, the men- most mental action, and he's unbelievably good. Um, but they st- also got experience, right? Sharma has taken plenty of wickets against England. Alistair Cook, I think, was his bunny. Um, so he's not mm. a bad person to have as a bunny. Um, I think Mohamed Shami's going to be a miss, but him coming back in for the th- third and fourth test will be a good advantage for them. Um, but I think you're right. Jofra Archer has played in the IPL. He's bowled in Indian conditions. Yes, it's white ball cricket. Yes, it's T20 cricket. But I think that makes a huge difference. Um, whilst Broad and Anderson are Broad and Anderson. You don't need to say anything about them. They might not have all the swinging tricks in the book when they're in India, but they still bowled really well in Sri Lanka. They can still bowl well here. Um, and then Stokes. He's, yeah. I don't know, he's, 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 an enforcer he'll try the kind of Wagner um, kind of thing it might work it might not work yeah I mean that's basically the conclusion I came to all those points um, I, I, I I think some of our Indian listeners will be saying like hold on a minute lads um, India are pretty fucking shit hot in the pace department now I don't know if you've you've heard of this Jasprit guy um, <laughs> but I, I do think even factoring Bumrah in um, I think England's actually have a little bit more variation in their pace bowling options and i think uh that that will probably stand them well i mean they're like archer's not completely broken out in test cricket yet um but i don't think he's a massively massively worse bowler than mm-hmm. than Bumrah. i think i think it could he could easily have a couple of years where he averages 20 with the ball and and really gets himself into that bracket uh, if the ball does swing one of these matches is under lights um, if the ball does swing, well, I think England probably have the two best bowlers in those conditions in the world. Uh, and and yeah, but, but what, of, what of us at home? Sam Curran's at home, mate. You've, you've, made, you've missed it. You missed it. <laughs> and um, and Stokes, as you said, Ross can can is happy to do that kind of thankless donkey role uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that Wagner does. Um, 
that so that's that. I mean, that kind of wraps up where Australia went wrong, I guess. I mean, the the other factor is luck, and that's sort of up in the air. I think England just have to hope that they get to bat at the right times. I, they get to maybe bowl at India when the pitch falls apart, or bowl at India under lights in that um, day night match. And if that happens, you know, you know, like the the it, is Rohit Sharma going to average eighty eight at home under lights, or is is Pujara going to average sixty at a strike rate of fifty on a fifth day afternoon? Uh, when they're chasing 200. Like, if you can get it to those situations, I mean, getting to those situations is hard as shit. But if you do end up in those situations, you you, you narrow the skill gap a little bit. Um, I, I think there's one, there's one bit from me, Jack, on, on, on that bit around them, um, of what else could they do. And I think fielding-wise, England don't England haven't set the world alight. I think in terms of, like, they're catching, um, they don't have really a settled slip cordon. Uh, Joe Root's got a great pair of hands, so has Ben Stokes. But because of Sibley, Burns, Crawley, there's still questions there. England are not going to get that many chances. We need to make sure we capitalise on those as much as possible. Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, one area as well. I, 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 this wasn't in the in the post series reports I saw from Australia, um, but one I think you never know. It could have a difference. Uh, it could make a difference over the series. Um, is captaincy? Um, so the two the two captains obviously they come into this series with kind of uh, differing trajectories, I suppose. Um, so Root in his position as England captain, has never been stronger, I don't think. I think he's got a new coach, so the, the team feels like his team. He scored a bunch of runs. They've won a series away. Uh, they won two series at home in the summer. Uh, I, I, I think there were some doubts about whether Root should be the captain following the Ashes series in 2019, and even leading into that as well, I think. Uh, I don't think now anyone has any doubt about that, and I, I, I think... You know he's in form. Everything's going well for him. On the other hand, Kohli just missed out on maybe India's greatest ever Test series win, uh, and the guy, the guy who led them to that ultimately is batting five for them, just one below him in the in, in the batting order, and might be. I mean, I don't know what you you two think. Might might be feeling a little bit of pressure. Well, you think Kohli's feeling a bit of pressure, or Rahane's feeling pressure? Kohli is he in terms of him? Still, I think, in in the view of well, a lot of people and a lot of India fans, um, still not having proved that he is a great leader. Uh, and Rahani has literally just done that. Yeah, so I know, and I said it at the top of the show that um, Cody didn't hit a century in, in 2020. Um, there could be a bit around him trying too hard. And there is, there is that bit where you just want it a bit too much and it kind of takes all your game away. Um but at the same time, the last time everyone was questioning his captaincy and questioning his ability, he scored about 800 runs against England in England. So um, I think don't don't play with too much fire on the Coley front. So there, you think. you think you think that the the relative confidence levels of the two captains um, will not be a big factor in the outcome. I, I think I think Coley is just he's just different gravy. Isn't he? he's, he's so so good, especially in India, especially in Test matches. Um, there might be a bit of pressure around the captaincy, but I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference. Max, is that a theory that that could hold water with you? I I, I don't think so. I think having Coley back can only be a good thing for the team. And the sensible thing from his his point of view would be to lean on Rahani's experience and and captaincy ability. And you know, two of them knock their heads together and uh, and come up with some some crazy strats to get some of those England players out. If yeah, tell you what, if Kohli and Rahani hit their heads together and both went off, 
Uh, that could then be we've the kind got a chance. Of, that could be the kind of luck that England need. Yeah. <laughs> um, Concussion protocol. I guess, uh, well, there's not really much else to say. I mean, I guess we, we've sort of talked about the conditions a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, I mean, they're clear, it's clearly the biggest factor that's going to make India the favourites here. And we, and we I, I sort of use the example of, of how good Pajara, Kohli and, and Sharma are at home to illustrate uh, how um, much of an advantage it is for some of the Indian players to be at home. Is there any, as a as a potential route to test victory, um, so we've talked about all the areas where England can't really compete. Um, does the day-nighter maybe offer them a route in? We're a few yeah, tests ahead now, so you just yeah. a quick answer on that one. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I mean, we've, we've seen what the ball does under lights. I mean, even in the in the IPL, that the due factor, as they call it, can always uh, put a cat amongst the pigeons. So I think definitely, definitely uh, could be a difference maker or certainly a leveller. Yeah. Um, first two tests are in Chennai. The second two tests are in uh, Ahmedabad, um, which is just a rebuilt bet venue. It's absolutely massive. <laughs> you should go and check it. It's, it's the biggest stadium in the world now. I think so. I think it's 110,000 people or something like that. Um, they will will have there people... be 110,000 people there? <laughs> well, I don't know. They will have people in for the second Chennai test. Uh, would anyone like to comment on whether that is a good idea or not? Terrible idea. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think probably. Um, and Max, um, bit of cricket business. Business. What was that segment? Cricket business. Uh, cricket there's, some, there's, some, there's some exciting news for our English TV viewers. What's happened? Yeah, so it's currently looking like, and we'll probably we should know by tomorrow actually um, that the uh, the series is going to be on terrestrial TV on Channel Four. I believe it was confirmed just before we came on air. Oh well, that is very very exciting news. Yeah, so uh, originally Disney were gonna were thinking about keeping it and um, putting it on their streaming platforms for customers in the UK because no one uh, no one really wanted to buy it for I guess how much it cost, and then everyone realised that everyone's stuck at home and obviously everyone's going to watch it so. <laughs> probably quite a lot of money involved um, i think so, there was a bccvi requirement as well for it to be on a tv channel uh, right so we have to thank whichever granddad wrote that into the contract yeah wonderful <laughs> nice 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 bit of old old school bureaucracy coming to the fore there so yeah channel four for some cricket for the first time since 2005 and we all know what happened then so let's hope for a for an equally good series <laughs> Imagine if you'd last time you watched English cricket. I mean, like, so what? You'd have had 2005, then you'd have had the World Cup final in 2019, and then you're going to watch England dismantled. <laughs> we should we, we should we should apply. They're going to be looking for they're going to be looking for commentators. They've, they? they've already said that Michael Vaughan and Kevin Peterson will be their studio um, guys. Are they, just tr- are they just going to leave microphones on after air in the hope that they're going to catch one of them out? I mean, and that I, is a I, recipe, isn't it? I think they will use the host broadcasters commentary team. So mm. um, anyway, to, so to wrap up this uh, the India v England, then there's like a little bit of other cricket news after the, after our break. Um, predictions, Ross. We've been through all the reasons why England um, are probably going to lose worse than two one. Would you like to change your prediction? No, we're sticking no. to it. Can I have the top wicket taker and top run scorer then? Uh, Ravi Ashwin will be uh, top wicket taker and Joe Root will be top run scorer oh very interesting Max um, you went with 3-0 are you going to upgrade to 4 or do you think England can maybe edge 1 I go 3-1 oh big move um, yeah yeah we're going to we're going to win the day nighter or something I don't know well something will happen yeah so top, I believe. Top, top wicket taker and run scorer for you then uh, top wicket taker. Yeah, I, I can't look past Ashwin. I really can't. You can't I'd, say I'd the same to... one as me, mate. I'll I know, take I'd that love one. to give you something different. All right, fine. I'll say Axel Patel. And, uh, 
and uh, and top run scorer. I um let's let's go uh, Coley. Yeah, I've gone Ashwin and I went Coley, and I'm gonna <laughs> stick with four nil. Um, so I, I just I, I was doing the research for the talking points. So it's just like every talking point is another reason, basically that the, I would not even the, win. Even the one. Let's be honest. So let's go back up. I'll just scroll up here. The one we've come up with that England might be better in pace. Are they? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty even. Going way. <laughs> anyway, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back uh, with some other cricket. The other cricket that's been happening in the world. Well, there's, there's two. There's probably three things. One I haven't watched any of, um, so I'll ask you later whether you have, and I, I doubt anyone will have. Um, the, the, the 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 headline. The headline. Let's start with the headline. Um, Pakistan. Uh, we're taking on South Africa back in Pakistan on our last show. I think the game's just about to get underway. Um, and if you want to go back and listen to our in-depth preview, uh, you can. Um, <laughs> Pakistan, <laughs> Pakistan ran out reasonably uh, comfortably into or won reasonably comfortably against uh, South Africa by seven wickets in the end. Uh, fellas, how much of this game did you catch? I caught. Um, so I watched the highlights uh, on the day where uh, Yasser Shah had that little uh, little moment and turned well turned the game really, didn't it? When uh, South Africa were looking to go on for a decent innings, and uh, the cricket podcast swiftly removed Van der Dusen <laughs> by yeah. <laughs> by hoping that he would get a century. Yeah. It, um... Yeah, I mean, I think that was probably the, that was the exciting passage of play. Um, it kind of ground along for ages. Uh, um, South Africa didn't bat that well. Uh, then Pakistan batted Fawad Alam, who yeah. um, for some reason Pakistan haven't been picking for a decade. Uh, got ha- now has three centuries in eight matches. <laughs> As um, Pakistan built a first innings lead, uh, yeah, Max, as you said, Van der Dusen um, uh, looked like he was going to lead South Africa into a reasonable position and set up uh, quite an interesting chase on the fourth day. And then Yasser Shah uh, rolled back the years uh, and <laughs> actually looked like a threatening bowler. Um, my my favourite thing, yeah, well, my my favourite thing in that in that game was uh, people being caught at silly mid off. I haven't seen that in ages. It was brilliant. Like yeah, just but they were just basically hit. flat batting a forward defensive straight into that into the pouches of silly Midoff. That's, uh, that's old school. Yeah, that was good. I mean, I I think the the, the big story is obviously Fawad Alam scoring um, well, basically a match winning century for Pakistan, um, and and good for him. Uh, it would have been nice if Van der Dusen had had also notched a century because I think they're two they're two underdogs in the world game, uh, <laughs> but he didn't. Uh, but yeah, first uh, first test at home for a while, and uh, good for Pakistan to get the win. Yeah, Absolutely. on on the topic of South Africa, that is Australia's next touring destination as well. Uh, I think they released their team, uh, the Australians that is for that series. Tim bye Payne, bye. yeah, bye bye Matthew Wade. Matthew Wade's gone. Tim Payne has retained his job. Um, this is actually, I mean, this is actually going to turn out to be probably a little bit more interesting for the neutral than it otherwise would have been. Um, because there's a, there's World Test Championship um, qualification at stake. Um, basically, the the what you need to know is that if Australia win two nil or three nil uh, in the series in the three match series, they definitely go to the World Test Championship series. Um, otherwise, it's basically nailed on to be India v New Zealand. Uh, 
Are you? Which is, which is what we want to see, right? We want yeah, to see that. We want to, we want to see India versus New Zealand or India versus England. But let's, let's just. Let's just I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I don't. We're going to see that anyway. <laughs> we are. Gonna, we're going to see a lot of that. We've got nine tests of that. Uh, yeah. We don't need to add an extra. Let's stick with New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. Um, a couple of things, I suppose. And we were you surprised, happy, sad to see Tim Payne keep his job, Max? Uh, no, I wasn't. I wasn't that surprised because I don't actually see who comes in and does a, a different job. I suppose they might have given the captaincy back to Steve Smith, but I guess that's still no. a bit of a. Uh, I don't know. It's a bit of a, a hot potato at the moment. You, that, isn't it? you saw how upset everyone got when Tim ba- Tim Payne said "dickhead." Um, as soon as Steve Smith or anyone in the Australian <laughs> the team did anything, mad. yeah, people yeah. will kick off. I don't think. I think it's just too much. I, look, you don't want that CAPA job, uh, uh, PR job, do you? <laughs> um, I, I, did, uh, I, did, I did also like that Justin Langer's come in for a bit of slack, isn't he? So he's, been, you know, some of the players have said that he's uh, he's a bit too hard of a taskmaster and his his expectations are too high. And he, his did return they, was did a, they not learn that from the from the from the story about three years ago where he made them do laps? Yeah, oh, it's it's completely baffling, is it? That the the ex opening batsman serial killer is an intense bloke <laughs> who has high standards. What a, what an absolute shock! Uh, Where's he been hiding them for the last two years? Did you see the toasty story? No. Oh, oh, this wow! This is where it came from, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. So somebody... Oh no, I did. Yeah, no, I was, yeah. I was, just, I was wondering if it was a nickname, but it was actually someone no. who took uh, took out some t- a toasty in their pocket, didn't they? Yeah, they someone an Australian player, a senior Australian player, wanted to take a toasty out onto the field to eat during uh, a session of play in the in the India series, and Langer <laughs> wasn't happy about that. He, he um, I can't remember the exact quote, but it was something along the lines: "You're playing for Australia. Like, what do you think you're doing?" <laughs> Um, uh, it should be a good series I think it's obviously it's, it's, it's the first time Australia will be back to South Africa after um, Sandpaper it's not a friendly time for UK listeners uh, will, will you two be watching absolutely yeah, would, yeah I mean I definitely won't be getting up to watch England bat in 4am but I'll definitely watch uh, South Africa and Australia yeah um, final thing of the week then and I, I think in some ways we've saved best till last here uh, we did, I think, two weeks ago say we were going to do a BBL update as it was getting towards the uh, the finals. Um, so here it is, um, James Vince. James Vince. This is, this is the update. It's just going to be a yeah. story about James Vince. Uh, Max, can you can you do you know what happened? Yes, I can. Do you want me to briefly yeah, summarise? Yeah, yeah. Do a summary. Goings on. Yeah. So uh, we have James Vince uh, on ninety eight not out, and his team. Well, this, the scores are tied, aren't they? Uh, his partner in crime at the other end decides to bat out the remainder of, of an over uh, for, to score no runs, obviously to give James Vince that opportunity to to obtain his 100, which he uh, must score a four to do. Um, Andrew Ty, of course, bowling, had uh, a slightly different idea of how it was going to go down and promptly bowled a bouncer down the leg side to ensure the game was over and James Vince was uh, marooned on 98 not out, unable to make his 100. Now, uh, whether or not you want to attribute uh, agency to Andrew Ty's decision to bowl a wide or eventual bowling of a wide, that's, that's up for debate. He did. He definitely did it on purpose. He 100% did it on purpose. But Now, the, the thing that gives it away that he did it on purpose to me is that Andrew Ty dropped James Vince on 23. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. I was going to say, like the, the build-up to that, though, I, I right, so the Sixers, they needed six to win off three overs, um, yeah. which is James Vince's side. And at that point, Vince needed three to for his century. Off the first ball of the third last over, he takes a single. Um, 
if you want a century so much, surely that's the point when you go to your batting partner, that who's Daniel Hughes, and you say, don't hit a four or six, just knock a single, uh, <laughs> give, give me a chance. Instead, like the next ball, Daniel Hughes hits a four. And then there's the bizarre situation where Daniel Hughes has to like literally block or leave four <laughs> balls so that James Vince can can try and, and hit a four. If To be perfectly honest with you... Um, like, oh, Morgan would be blowing his nut at this. Obviously, the... The Aussie sportsmanship brigade were out in full full force. Like Michael Vaughan was getting his dig in, and <laughs> he's, he's got a lot people. of pre- he's, he's got a lot of press in <laughs> this show, hasn't he? Um, but if I was Andrew Ty, I would be a little bit annoyed as well. So they've just lost a knockout game. I don't think they're out. They have to go into some other playoff. The um, the Perth Scorchers, that is, which is Andrew mm. Ty's team in this. But I would be a little bit like, come on, boys, you need one to win off sixteen balls. That it's not. It's also not as as not in the spirit of the game as it is for Andrew Ty to just hoon one down the yeah. next side. M- manufacturing <laughs> a situation for James Vince to. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's also so I um I've got a little bit of sympathy for Andrew Ty and I, I can see why he'd have done it. Um, I feel a bit sorry for James Vince. Did um, you see his face? Yeah, but oh, it, is it crestfallen. In all seriousness, um, the IPL auction is coming up in three weeks, two weeks, three weeks. Uh, he would have been on the long list for a couple of gigs there, I think. And, a, and an eye-catching century in a semi-final <laughs> is exactly the sort of thing that that gets you a couple of hundred thousand you know, pounds you know what and, they and say, a sweet though, gig at King's Eleven Punjab, isn't it? You like, know what they say, there's no such thing as bad publicity. All publicity is good publicity. And perhaps getting 98 not out and being at the centre of this, uh, well, storm in a teacup, I suppose, would probably be the best way of putting it, might do him extra favours for that IPL long list because at the end of the day, he scored 98 not out and won the game for his side in a T20 competition. So two runs here or there doesn't change the feat, does it? It shouldn't. People always have a go at Joe Root for his conversion rate. Why why shouldn't James (laughs) Vince get the same treatment? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that um, I think that's the last thing we need to talk about on the Cricket Podcast for this week. Uh, Ross, one last time, where can people find us? Uh, at the Cricket Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we also have started writing some articles, so if uh, you want to find us uh, on Substack, uh, it's thecricketpod.substack.com. Very good. Uh, as ever, like, subscribe, review, tell a friend, uh, go on YouTube, click subscribe. Um, I've already said subscribe. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye.